zoo out there, so just be cool, don't speak too loud, try to fit in, but if you don't, then you can be in outfit everyone and a welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello Marissa, it's great to be back here once again going over Lizzie McGuire off the back of one of the podcast's most successful weeks ever, I might add. We've recently had a lot of listeners out of India, which is very exciting for us, and it made me think that it's been a while since we've really introed kind of the concept of this podcast, if anybody was just going to jump in sort of midstream. So I think for maybe any new listeners, Marissa, why are we doing this? Why are we doing the outfit repeaters? Yes. (laughs) We started this podcast originally in anticipation for the Lizzie McGuire reboot, which has been put on an indefinite pause. However, the original conceit for this episode is that Me, Marissa, I am a longtime Lizzie McGuire fan. I started watching the show as a small child, and it is one of the shows from my childhood that has really stuck with me through the years. Sam has never seen an episode, so we have been watching it together. He is experiencing it for the first time, and I am re-watching it for the first time as an adult. Yes, but even though you are rewatching it you've watched all these episodes before you are still getting new experiences out of Lizzie McGuire like the one that you got on your birthday just this past week yes oh my god seven eight-year-old Marissa would have fallen to the floor and just that would have been it this wouldn't have happened for seven or eight-year-old Marissa because cameo did not exist back then I know yeah so (laughs) What a what a what a birthday. So my birthday was this past week and as a gift, our friends and fellow guests on the outfit repeaters, Rachel Lynn Solomon and Ivan Vukovic, sent me a cameo from Clayton Snyder, aka Ethan Kraft. So happy twenty-fifth birthday to me from Ethan Kraft. Yeah, Ethan Kraft, specifically with the cameo to you. Should we listen to it? Yeah, let's play the cameo. Marissa, you are an outfit repeater. Admit it. I know you're proud of it because you got an awesome podcast. Hey, this is Clayton Snyder, the guy who played Ethan Kraft on Liz McGuire, wishing you a very, very happy birthday this December 4th. Never mind, it's 2020. You're amazing, and we're going to celebrate. God bless you. Uh, good luck on the rest of your Liz McGuire recap podcast, The Outfit Repeaters. That's so, uh, <laughs> that's really funny. I'll, I'll, I'll look for it. So have a happy birthday. And good luck with the podcast and don't repeat. Okay. So this is, okay. I'm going to take an extra second here because I'm, I'm kind of caught, right? Because you're an outfit repeater, but I lather rinse and don't repeat. So, hmm. 
I think I think this is where the repeaters and the non-repeaters can find a, a truce, a treaty. Okay, so may this be my declaration that Ethan Kraft, though he may not repeat, uh, that is specific to the uh, lathering and rinsing of shampoo in his hair. Okay, so we're good. All right, God bless. Bye. What a cameo that was. I know it's like he tripped himself up. <laughs> It feels because it. If you're just listening, it feels like it's going to end, and then he's like, "But wait, there's more." <laughs> there's more, and the funny thing is, and obviously he had no way of knowing this, but this was incredibly in sync with our recap because last week's episode was the lather and stone repeat line. Yeah, it was. It was, it was incredibly timely. This is exciting. This is exciting. This is big news. Ethan Kraft knows about our podcast. <laughs> Thanks to Rachel and Ivan. I know. What do we think he's actually going to listen? Uh, that's optimistic. <laughs> and we looked it up. He's he pretty sure he's the only Lizzie McGuire person who's available on Cameo, correct? Yes. For $35. Yes. So for $35, this is gonna be the greatest thing that's ever happened to his cameo, because we're here plugging it. <laughs> <laughs> you could also get a message from the one and only Ethan Kraft. Yes, and now this just opens doors because now maybe, maybe we can get an official guest on our podcast. Yeah, that would be that would be so fun. We'll see if we can make it happen. He doesn't seem to be doing much by way of acting these days, so maybe yeah. this will be exciting for him. You never was he supposed to be in the reboot? I believe he was actually. I think that he was planning on making an appearance at the very least. So you know, there could be something going on in his acting career. If you wanted to come back to do the reboot. True. He's Ethan Kraft. What a man. What? <laughs> what a man. Yeah. I mean, what more can you ask for out of a birthday gift? That was incredibly, just incredible and amusing. And That was incredibly incredible. Yeah. <laughs> there are just no words. Yes. Thank you to Rachel and Ivan. Yeah. I did not have waking up on your 25th birthday to a message from Ethan Kraft on my 2020 bingo card. So... Uh, Marissa, what else has been going on this week? We are settling in in our new temporary abode. I got a standing desk. That was very exciting for me. <laughs> we watched the first episode of The Undoing last night because my parents really wanted to watch it. And I'm intrigued. Who is the murderer? We won't spoil it even when we find out. Real low bar there. <laughs> <laughs> what else has been going on? I watched The Cost of Winning on HBO. It was a football docuseries about a high school team in Baltimore. It was pretty good. And, you know, it gave me Last Chance U vibes. This probably isn't the audience that would care about <laughs> a high school American football team. But I just thought I'd throw it out there. It was pretty good. It was only four episodes. If you just need something to kill time, it can do that. One show that I would like to plug that I didn't mention in the last episode is Mismatched on Netflix. It is an adaptation of, or it's it's loosely inspired by When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon, a YA author. And it is super cute. It's super fun. It's six episodes. It's produced by Netflix India, and it is a Hindi language show. It was great. It brought me a lot of joy. If you are a fan of Sandhya's books, you have to go in with, it is extremely Netflix India really made it their own, but as its own universe, it was delightful. Yeah. 
I saw a couple episodes of it, and it was pretty good. Like all that BIPOC content. I do, and I just like not watching shows that are set in America <laughs> sometimes because I think a lot about how America-centric media is around the world, but there are production companies all over the world producing their own content in their own language, and I really appreciate how Netflix is making that sort of content accessible. Yeah, good job, Netflix. Way to go. There's a lot of content coming down the pipeline, surprisingly. There is. Um, <laughs> is it worth talking about Sequester on this podcast? I mean, considering our Big Brother simulation is one of our more popular episodes. That's true. People do. If you like Big Brother and you like Big Brother for specifically the strategy, Sequester is kind of like Big Brother on steroids. It's very intense. There's people flipping alliances pretty much every two minutes. They basically put 13 people in a house for a week, um, but the voting parameters are a little bit different each round, so it's not necessarily as straightforward as Big Brother, uh, a game which I find to be very simple. It's a little bit more challenging that way because you might have a target, but they might not be able to be voted out in a given week. I just think it's very intense. It's all on YouTube. It Season 4 just started. I guess this will have been two weeks ago. And, you know, if you like those kind of games, it's it's very easy to get into and uh, and understand. And it was created by a former Big Brother contestant, too, Audrey Middleton. It was. She's the creator of Sequester, and I think she really took... Her experience from Big Brother sort of molded Sequester into the show that she wished Big Brother was. Yeah, I think that it definitely helps that she was a contestant on Big Brother because I think contestants on those shows can kind of, they have obviously an insider's look into what works and what didn't work. And, you know, if they have ideas on how to improve that, they can really bring that forward. Although... Audrey's definitely gone the furthest with that in actually creating something. Like a lot of people will just subtweet, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> credit to her for, you know, actually making something out of all of her her thoughts and ideas. Yeah. And even during quarantine, it all became when we when they couldn't do normal sequester, they did sequester minis that were just like rapid fire, chaotic sequester. Yeah. So if you are feeling particularly you know, in a need for reality content, competitive content, check out Sequester. Or you could watch BattleBots, which just came back. <laughs> or The Challenge, which is starting this week. Yeah, it is a busy time, I guess, for TV right now. How do you feel about that? Because I am concerned. <laughs> I'm not as concerned. But like COVID, I understand. Okay, I'm not as concerned about the reality aspect like all reality shows so far have seemed to be doing it responsibly where they quarantine the casts they get tested and then they are all in a bubble in one place okay cool I'm more nervous about all of the scripted content that is back in production where there's no way that they are keeping everyone in a bubble is this your segue to talking about um how Hillary Duff got put into yes <laughs> I don't know, what would you, how would you qualify it? Like, into quarantine. I guess, yeah, just quarantine. Yeah. So she's in New York, as we've talked about, filming season seven of Younger. And within weeks of production getting going, 
it all got stopped because of COVID exposure and the entire cast and crew were told to quarantine. But she's fine though, right? She's okay. Yes. As far as she did post herself getting the test and telling us that it was negative. So she's good. And yeah, she was posting from isolation. Molly Bernard, another cast member was posting. So it's things like that, like all of these shows where everyone's in close contact, there may be intimate scenes. How are they doing that safely right now? I mean, I can't speak to how they're doing it, but I'm sure they're getting tested. You know, all of those groups have unions that I'm sure, you know, are looking out for their actors. That's fair. I'm not super concerned about it because I don't think they would do it if they couldn't do it safely. Like, you can come out, just do your scenes, and then run back into your trailer. That's fair. Yeah, last Hillary Duff note. Have we congratulated her yet? She's pregnant, right? Yes, I think we did. Did we? But we can do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I forget now. I believe so, yeah. She is pregnant with baby number three. Wow, good for her. Oh, we did. Wait, did we? Who are we talking about? What is she going to name it? No, we were talking about her puppy, her St. Bernard puppy. Oh, right. That's what we were talking about. So we haven't talked about her third her third baby. I feel like we did, but sure. But you know what? If she doesn't name her puppy Mr. Jones, maybe her kid will be named Mr. Jones. <laughs> Mr. Jones Duff. Coma. Mr. Jones Duff Coma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that is the perfect name. Yeah, and then talking about Younger actually segues naturally into an announcement. I think I can announce it now. We announced it on Twitter. But I am expanding my coverage of the Hillary Duff universe with a new podcast that is coming in 2021. It is called Older and Wiser, an unofficial younger recap podcast with my friend and fellow young adult author, Kelsey Rodkey. We used to get questions from Kelsey. I'm surprised Kelsey hasn't come on this podcast yet. She just wants to dive into a podcast of her own. Wow. Why, why hasn't she gotten on this one yet? <laughs> this wasn't about putting Kelsey on blast. Oh, well, you, you opened that you opened that <laughs> door. Kelsey, where are you at? But yeah, excited for the paginated media um, Universe. <laughs> brand to grow. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. We both are authors. I also work in publishing. We love Younger, and we just love dragging the way that Younger represents publishing. So we are going to talk about it and we are going to have guests from across the publishing industry join us as well. It's very exciting. Yes. And that's coming early next year. Is that the plan? Yes. Early 2021. We are in the scheduling phase. Nice. So more to come. Very fun. Very fun. And on that note, I think that it's time to dive into some Lizzie. Shall we? Yes. Let's do that. Today, we are going to be talking about Lizzie McGuire episode 207, The Longest Yard. In this episode, Lizzie doesn't want to babysit for Matt, and things get worse when Matt and Lanny destroy their dad's prize autographed football. Soon, Lizzie's learning some important lessons in parenting. This episode aired on May 17th, 2002. This episode was quite a turn from where we were just one season ago. Would you agree? I would agree. Remember a younger Lizzie, all she wanted to do was prove to her parents that she could babysit Matt. 
And as I think we predicted back when we talked about that episode, that got old really quick. Not only that, she didn't do a great job the last time she babysat. <laughs> oh, I guess she did, but, you know, things went wrong. I'm surprised they trusted her again this quickly. But I guess she did such a good job injuring Sam McGuire in all of the various ways she did the last time she babysat that they were like, you know what? We trust you. And in a way, she injured Sam McGuire again. She <laughs> Emotionally. Emotionally yes. this time. This time she hurt his heart. Yes. This episode, it's an episode that stood out to me as... A viewer. I love episodes when Lizzie and Matt are part of the same story and arc and when they're working together and their stories intersect as opposed to them being completely isolated from each other. So I thought that this was a fun episode and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's just dive in. Sure. So we start in the McGuire house where we are for the majority of the episode. I mean, we get some locations we get some outdoor shots but for the most part everything about this episode is contained within the mcguire home and lizzie's on the phone in the opening shot she hangs up and sam comes downstairs in full sports gear for the super sports expo yeah and he's the only person that remembered the super sports expo was today because apparently joe had said in the past, you know, oh, I'll go with you, but she didn't remember that at all, and now she's on the hook to go to the Super Sports Expo as well. Marissa, this reminds me of every time the car expo used to come to the Javits Center, and I would say, do you want to go see the cars? And you'd be like, no. No. (laughs) There are some cool cars there. There was only ever one reason to go to the Javits Center, and that reason doesn't even exist anymore. So there is now no reason to go to the Javits Center. Mm, Says you. But yeah, so he comes down, he's full sports gear, he's wearing a jersey for a team called the Sunbelts. Now, Sam, I don't know a ton about sports, admittedly, but I have never heard of a team called the Sunbelts. You've never heard of the Boise (laughs) Sunbelts? They're a real team, I promise. Yeah. Well, consider me enlightened. (laughs) (laughs) They're not a real team. (laughs) <laughs> that's true no they're not a re- there's no such team as the Sun Belts. but that is sam mcguire's team which is curious because weren't they talking about the jets in uh, in previous episodes yeah they've made several references to east coast sports teams i feel like they've referenced the yankees as well yes but today is Who all knows? about the Sun Belts. now sam did sam mcguire ever strike you as a sports dad I mean, he does have his jersey that he, like, his lucky jersey, right, that is just kind of a nondescript football jersey, but it has some sort of stain on it that means a lot to him. So we've seen this come out a little bit. Now, in his day-to-day life, does he seem like an avid sports fan? No, but this show is a little bit loose with characterization. Would it surprise you if Sam McGuire had a basement that looked like my basement? Yes, because I thought he didn't have a basement because he was crawling under his house at one point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, a so hypothetical basement. That, ba- that would surprise me. <laughs> a hypothetical basement. Um, A hypothetical basement. If he had a hypothetical basement, it might look like this, but it could just as easily be just a collection of things that he wants to sell online via online auction. That's fair. I don't know. I just... 
I don't know much about sports, but I do know what a sports dad is. And Sam McGuire is not it. He is not a sports dad. He's got nothing on my dad. <laughs> let's just say. Yeah. But yeah, so now that Joe is back on the hook to go to the sports expo, Lizzie is in charge of watching Matt and Lanny, who is coming over. Lizzie is not happy about it. Yeah, she had plans. God, this is so unfair. Why even make plans? I obviously exist just to watch Matt. This is literally what you wanted. This is everything that you asked for. It really is. But as if she remembers. No, clearly she does not. So... Then we cut to the theme song, and then we're back. We're still in the house. This time we have shifted to the living room, where Sam is now having what I would say is an intimate conversation with his football. Yeah, it's a little creepy. (laughs) It is signed by Walter Payton, who is presumably on the Sun Belts. No. Walter Payton and Dick Butkus, for that matter, real NFL players. Really? Yes, Walter Payton even has an award named after him for Man of the Year, which is given to the football player who has made the biggest impact in their community. Wow. Yes. Good job, Walter Payton. What team did he play for? Walter Payton was a running back for the Chicago Bears. Huh. Dick Butkus, incidentally, also has an award uh, named after him for the top linebacker in high school. An arguably less impressive award. Yeah, not not a professional award by any means, but Dick Butkus, also a former NFL player who played for the Bears. So two Bears players. Well, um, this is just throwing everything off. You didn't know this? I thought this was, yeah, I guess how could we expect you to know this? I knew this. It didn't throw me off. Why did it throw you off? Where are they? <laughs> I mean, it's the sports expo. When you go to a sports expo, it doesn't so much matter who your team is, whatever. Like, Okay, okay, fine. But then they go to Collector's Corner. Why does why does an L.A. shop, why is it stocked with football signed by Chicago Bears players? I mean, we didn't see all that. I mean, I guess we could have looked more closely at the names. But, you know, these are two pretty, you know, they're two... Pretty well-known football players, so I think it's not that crazy. And also, you know, if you have... They're all Super Bowl Are they well-known? Well-known football players. Let's see. Who do I know? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Do you know any football players who did not play before... Who played before you were born? No. Well, see... (laughs) (laughs) They they are well-known football players. You are just not... You just don't know I just any football players generally. <laughs> I just am baby. You're a, you're a bad barometer. That's true. <laughs> I should not be. I'm not an authority. But yeah, these were football or these were Super Bowl footballs. So there's only a limited number of teams that have won the Super Bowl. That's why they're both from the Bears. I'm still thrown off, but that's fine. So yeah, so Sam really loves this football. There are shots of him cradling it like a baby. And we learn that it is an authentic 1986 Super Bowl football and that it's his favorite thing in the whole world. What about his gnomes? Do the gnomes not matter anymore? I guess not. What about his jersey? Yeah. And then Sam tries to pull an Ethan Kraft and go, Lizzie, 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 but it hits very differently. (laughs) Yeah. And Joe starts laying out the ground rules for babysitting. She has left money on the table for pizza. Lizzie's like, blah, blah, blah. Watch Matt for the rest of my life. Be miserable. Got it. 
while Sam is just in the background repeatedly shouting Super Sports Expo, like running around like a child on his birthday. Yeah, Sam has really regressed here. Then they leave and Lizzie goes over her ground rules, which basically sum up to don't bug me. Just to go back to Sam for a second, you know who he would probably be really excited to meet at the Super Sports Expo? Who? Terrell Owens. Whoa. (laughs) That would be a crossover event. Oh my goodness. If only someone had thought of that. Was that when T.O. was in his prime? Um, There's probably a little little bit early. early. Yeah. But you know, in another world. Rookie Terrell Owens, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. And then, so the next scene is we cut to a phone call between Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda. But it's not a three-way. It's a two-way. And presumably... Gordo and Miranda called Lizzie because they are at the library and using a payphone. And might I just note, they are together without her. They are, but they're on their way to her house. I mean, they may be on their way to her house, but, you know, you got to kill some time before you're invited over to Lizzie's. Are you going to push this romantic thread until Miranda disappears? Probably. (laughs) I mean, I just keep seeing more and more evidence to support the theory. Oh, no, I totally skipped the... Excuse me, rewind. Missed a very important moment. Before the phone call, Matt and Lanny are playing football in the backyard, but their football, Matt goes a little too high. It gets stuck in a tree. So they then take the Walter Payton football to play. But Lizzie catches them. And Lizzie's like, no, no, no. This is more than a football. It's a prized possession. And she hides it in the hall closet. Yes, very important for what is to come next. So I know, how could I miss it? Yeah, so after the conversation with uh, Miranda, Miranda actually, this entire episode just seems really annoyed. She was in a bad mood this entire episode. (laughs) Did you notice that? Well, we've seen Miranda in a bad mood before, so. But it seems like even when they were on the phone and she was at the library talking to Lizzie, she just seemed really abrupt, really, really short with her. She was like, we'll be there soon. I think you're reading into that. I don't know. I think that, you know, this was just not, this was just not Miranda's day for whatever reason. It's really unexplored, really uncharted territory. We don't really understand why, but I don't know. So you think that if someone ran into her, it would not go well? Are you are you teeing me up here for a yeah. sound effect? Yeah. Move it! <laughs> Is that the mood Miranda was in today? It seemed like it to me. I also want to note here, if I thought it was surprising that Sam McGuire was so intense about football, the fact that this meant something to Gordo was even more shocking. Gordo is one of those guys, he just knows a little bit about everything, so he can really respect greatness. But he was very impressed by this football. He was. That's true. And if you're at Lizzie's house all the time, wouldn't you know it's there? You presumably would. Yes. I don't know. That that struck me. Very weird arc for Gordo in this episode. Yes. We'll get into that. It's like he's never made a sandwich before in his life. <laughs> he doesn't understand the size of his own mouth. It was so weird. Jumping ahead. I'm jumping way ahead. But yeah, Gordo and Miranda will be right over in... The meantime, Matt and Lanny decide, okay, we can't play football. We're going to play Chinese checkers. And they go to get it in the closet, and a lot of stuff falls out, including the football. Yeah, they've created a huge mess. And, all right, if you really want to think about it, 
Lizzie and Matt can't be blamed for poor closet placement. Who puts a loose bowling ball on the top shelf? Are you are you okay? Who puts a loose bowling ball on the top shelf of a closet? What a terrible place for a bowling ball. That was my first question. First <laughs> and last question. Like, if you really want to get into it, bad closet management. It was probably Sam McGuire's fault. Probably. If we really wanted to analyze Absol- this. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, because, you know, Lizzie's like, okay, the football is okay. But then it's not because we get a classic slow-mo of the aforementioned loose bowling ball slowly rolling off the shelf and then plopping onto the football, deflating it. Deflate gate, if you will. (laughs) Good one. Throwing in one of your two football references you're familiar with. I see you. I see you. (laughs) I'm trying. This is a hard episode for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, maybe maybe this is the episode to be plugging that that football show I watched on HBO. But um yeah, the bowling ball falls right onto the football, sort of like a physics experiment, and Lizzie's like, "Why didn't you just ask me for help?" And Matt very astutely says, "Because you told me not to bug you." And Lizzie's like, "Yeah, I did that." And Lizzie yells at them about ruining her life. You're going to have a really bad day. And a bad day indeed. Yeah. So later, Lizzie is lamenting to Gordo and Miranda. Can I just point out that when my parents would go somewhere, the idea of having like three other kids in the house would have probably been a no. They would have been like, that's way too many friends to have over with no parents. Correct. (laughs) But nonetheless, there are three other children in the house unsupervised and um yeah gordo's like hey look on the bright side at least you'll never be asked to watch matt again yeah always looking for that silver lining though in all fairness gordo and miranda were over the last time lizzie was babysitting so this is consistent no lanny though no lanny lanny's the plus one so (laughs) the idea is now that maybe they can fix the football but oh no the football is missing oh no not just the football Matt and Lanny are also missing. So much drama. But they left a letter, so it's not that scary. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just simply says, we went to fix the football. I'm really sorry. And then Gordo, in classic Gordo fashion, says, remember how I said things couldn't get worse? They just did. Oh, good one, Gordo. But, um, just what no one asked for, <laughs> your opinion. <laughs> Gordo wouldn't be Gordo without... The unsolicited opinions. Yeah. So then we're back in the kitchen. Lizzie has gone through the phone book, called anyone who Matt or Lanny would possibly be in touch with, and nobody has seen or heard from them. And Lizzie is kind of starting to freak out. She says the only thing worse than having them around is not having them around. At this point, it's less out of genuine concern for their whereabouts and more about the fact that she is going to get in trouble totally yeah lizzie only is ever concerned about how things are going to affect her is that narcissism i believe it is that is the clinical term for it yes (laughs) so the phone rings and it's joe and lizzie can't get through this conversation without being sketchy as heck i know what a so what a convenient thing to happen. She's like, we can't go look for Matt. We're not going to have enough time. Boom. What a deus ex machina thing to happen. Joe and Sam are going to be delayed. I've never seen that before. Is this like a new concept? I've n- Has anybody ever done that before? 
What? <laughs> um, yeah, and so, like you said, Lizzie just cannot contain her excitement at the fact that Joe and Sam are going to be delayed by, coincidentally, a flat. Yes. Badoom. Oh, ha. I just made that connection. I think that was intentional. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I pressed the wrong sound. <laughs> I pressed the wrong sound effect. You have to keep that. I meant to do not alien noise. My bad. That was more Twilight Zone to me. <laughs> it was pre-programmed in the machine. It's just called scary. But yes, Lizzie says that their delay is greatly bad. So that's where it she's at. It is greatly at. bad. <laughs> that's where she was at. And Joe is immediately sus. She's like, Lizzie said Matt's behaving. Something is wrong. Yeah, and so they need to have someone go check on them. And I immediately looked at you because I was like, is this going to mean what I think it <laughs> Does this mean what I think it means? And yes, the answer was yes. Yes, it will in fact be the two big guys. I'm so confused about their relationship to Sam McGuire because when Lizzie saved them from choking at the movie theater... It seemed like she didn't know these people at all, yet they play in a softball league with Sam McGuire. And then when the monkey got into the house, it again seemed like they were just random people who, you know, Sam McGuire was unfamiliar with. And if Sam McGuire knew these people from softball, you would think that the first thing he would learn about them was, hey, we have a pet monkey. So maybe their relationship has evolved. Maybe the softball league is new. You think in the maybe. past... Has it been six episodes? They've developed a softball relationship? Perhaps. Maybe Sam McGuire, trying to get active, joins the softball league and is like, hey, you're the guys with the monkey. <laughs> oh, man. And they are now acquaintances. But yeah, or I guess buddies. They're buds, yeah. Meanwhile, at the house, Lizzie forms a plan. It involves Gordo staying behind in case the phone rings and her and Miranda heading out into the wild world to look for her brother. And Gordo's like, why do I have to stay behind? It's because you're the third wheel, Gordo. Third banana. You know, you th we had a whole episode about this. You're not important, Gordo. You need new friends. Hate my friends. If Gordo's going to stay behind, though, he sure as heck is going to ask if he can order a pizza for himself. I the mean, money is there for a pizza. Yeah, Joe did leave money on the on the table. And he gets dragged immediately. For, and they make Gordo seem like the selfish one in the situation. Like, Gordo, Matt and Lanny are missing, and all you care about right now is pizza? This is really confusing to me because originally I had Gordo on the Tired Tribe for our future Survivor simulation because of that time he fell asleep in the slow bicycle race. Now I'm like, does he really belong on the Hungry Tribe? These are the kind of big decisions that we're making here at the Outfit Repeaters. <laughs> I think that that was, you know, it could go either way. But then the moment we get later, I think it does solidify Gordo shifting over to the Hungry Tribe. But again, we're jumping ahead. Decisions to make at a later date. Then we get the montage. Always a montage. And it is Matt and Lanny going around town trying to fix the football. First, they stop at a bike shop and they try to reinflate the balloon with a bike pump. But there is a hole in it. So that's just not going to work. Then they take it to a doctor. 
<laughs> a medical doctor? That would have actually been my first stop, a human doctor. How did two 11-year-olds get into a doctor's office? The same way they get anywhere that they need to go. The digital cafe or the digital bean weird cafe. I, I do that all the time. I don't know. This is a very small town. Yeah, and then they take it to what I believe was a taxidermist. It looked like it, and the taxidermist put, it looked like antlers onto it. <laughs> Which is just and so teeth. much worse. Definitely not what they were looking for from the Walter Payton signed Super Bowl football. And then they wind up in a park where they stumble across old men playing chess. Yes. Um, we get, you know, a Hasidic Jewish person and a black man, which, you know, representation, who tell Matt that only a miracle can help them. And they suggest replacing the football. Yeah, super simple. They, and this gives Matt the brilliant idea that they need to go off to the collector's quarter, which I guess is some sort of pawn shop. Shalom. Shalom. That's what he says. <laughs> Representation. Good work. I mean, that's more shaloms than we got out of Gordo's Bar Mitzvah episode. That's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gordo is on the couch at the McGuire house alone lamenting to himself out loud about his situation. But then he realizes that this isn't even a bad thing because he is alone with cable and video games and a fridge full of food. This moment is why, spoiler alert, Gordo will not be my MVP because he just wasted an entire fridge full of the Maguire's food. Yeah, it's... Like I said earlier, it's literally like he's never made a sandwich before in his life because... Making like a two-foot-tall sandwich. Yeah, it's like bread, ham, bread, cheese, bread. <laughs> it's it's way too big for his mouth. And mm -hmm. then he tries to squish it down, but, you know, you can only squish down that so far. You've put an entire loaf of bread into your sandwich. And then he says, eh, I'll just order the pizza. Like, bro... You are a disgrace. You are a failure. People are starving. So yeah, Gordo wastes food. Lizzie and Miranda are out and about searching for Matt and Lanny. Lizzie is starting to sound worried. Um, a little parental is how Miranda puts it. Yeah, Lizzie, you're sounding a little parental. Which, you know, is pretty short when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, she is, in in essence, you know, responsible for Matt and Lanny, so... It is good that she does feel that responsibility inside of her. I, I respected that about Lizzie. Yeah. She's starting to get genuinely worried. And this is the turn in the story where it becomes less about the consequences for Lizzie and more about, oh, I can't find my brother. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, they are siblings. And Lizzie's the kind of person, we've seen this before, where it's like, I might be able to slap my brother, but no one else can slap my brother. Obviously, no one's getting slapped here, but that's <laughs> like the sentiment. There is no physical abuse. <laughs> so yeah, so then Miranda is like, where would I go? What'd she say? Basically, if I was a nerd? Yeah, something like that. If I was a nerd with a broken football, where would I go? And they, they end up also coming to the conclusion that the collector's quarter makes the most sense. Is it corner or quarter? Collector's corner? Corner. Collector's corner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It could be quarter. Maybe they're in New Orleans. No, it's corner. <laughs> it's absolute. I, I was like in my own head. I was like, is he saying quarter? I think I wrote down quarter, um, but I'm not sure why. 
I guess that's just how it sounded to me the first time. Oh. Sorry, I was listening. Lan- that's what Lanny said, and that's what I put down in my notes. Ha ha. <laughs> Back at the house, the two big guys arrive to check on the kids, and Gordo tries to shoo them away, but they need visual confirmation that everyone is a okay. Yeah, this is a little bit sketchy. If I was Gordo, I would not let these two random dudes into the house. Like, Gordo barely recognizes them because obviously they've had encounters in the past, but you don't know these people. Who? Why are they coming in to check on you? That's weird. Yeah, two grown men. Two big dudes. Two big guys. Yeah, no. And then they just come in and eat all your pizza. Like, this is, a, this is not what you're looking for not on a all. Saturday. So Matt and Lanny arrive at the collector's corner And they are scanning the footballs that are on the back wall. And there is, in fact, a Walter Payton football. There's, in fact, a giant array of footballs that are available. Yes. And Matt tries to play the sympathy card and tell the story of what happened. Should we play this clip? It is incredible acting from Jake Thomas. Is it? Incredible acting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can play this clip. Come on, Walter Payton, Walter Payton. Walter Payton! Can I help you? What is this? It's an autographed Walter Payton football. Yeah, yeah, perhaps in a former life. Now it's more like an autographed Walter Payton pancake. (laughs) Me and Lanny, this is Lanny, you see, it's kind of our fault that this football is ruined. It's my dad's and it's really, really important to him. If I don't get him a new ball, then I'm in big trouble and Lanny's in big trouble and my sister, who really didn't do anything, is going to be in big trouble. This sounds like a really touching story. (laughs) So we were hoping maybe that exchange this ball for that nice new one? <laughs> hmm. Let me think about that. No! <laughs> Matt's approach is interesting. Like, does he really think that this person is just going to give him a football? For a deflated football? It seems like that is the belief here. Now, we have in the past seen Matt have kind of shaky relationships with uh, store employees. For example, when they got, what was it, like a mess? A hammock. Oh, yeah, the hammock. That did not go so well. So this is pretty much in character for Matt. What? Uh, no, it didn't go well for the employee. It went well for Matt and Lanny. I guess that's true, but you know, I guess the con- the the conflict is consistent with <laughs> the conflict with people who work in stores is consistent with with what we've seen from Matt McGuire in the past. I wonder. I don't know how much the Walter Payton signed football would retail for, but if I remember correctly, Matt sold all of his furniture for money, so he should have some money saved up. <laughs> that's true. I don't understand why he doesn't just purchase the football. I think we are meant to forget about that and be under the assumption that he is an 11-year-old child with no money. <laughs> um, okay, okay. 
I like the moment in that clip where he's like, and my sister, who really didn't do anything. Yeah, it, it, he's clearly faking. Yeah. It's not, I understand you're like, it's good acting. It's, it's, it, it's his acting from before. <laughs> I think it's, Oh, the doorbell. I'll be yeah, getting that. Yeah, and I that. think it's great. I think that like <laughs> Matt McGuire's fake crying is terrible, but Jake Thomas's Matt McGuire fake crying is excellent. It, it is humorous, yes. And then as we get at the end of the clip, Lizzie and Miranda show up, they find him, and we cut back to the house because that's what happens in this episode. You start to get somewhere, and then you're pulled back. Yeah, so at the house, Gordo is trying to distract the two big guys with some jokes, pretty much anything that he can do to stall for time. These two big guys have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. Like, why are they just sitting around waiting for them to come downstairs. I don't know. You could drive yourself crazy trying to figure out the logic behind the two big guys. Yes. So we'll just move on. Yeah, we can just ignore that because just accept that it doesn't make sense. So then we're back at the collector's corner and we have Lizzie as the hero in this moment fixing the problem, but saying that the football doesn't even matter, just that Matt and Lanny are okay. Matt knew that Lizzie fixes things and he wanted to be like her and fix this so that she did not have to a true sibling moment yeah but at the end of the day lizzie is the older sibling so she's going to take charge here and save the day how is she going to save the day by essentially doing the same thing that matt did in the end she's able to broker a trade so she is going to give the collector's corner the deflated walter payton football And in exchange, she is going to receive a signed Dick Butkus football. Now, do you think the writers were going for the easy laugh here? Oh, they definitely were. (laughs) Yes. Last name Butkus. Hilarious. I didn't even think it was a real person. Oh, yes. Real person. I hope he goes by Richard now. I'm fairly confident he does not. (laughs) Well, then that's just a personal choice. (laughs) (laughs) He's proud of who he is. Good for him. Back at the house, Gordo is still telling some bad jokes, and we hear a bit of a ruckus going on upstairs. Now, Sam, this is the part of the episode that is killing me. Like, absolutely, I cannot get past it. How did they know to go in through the window? Oh, you didn't see? You might have not been looking because they were taking notes, but they were going to come in through the back door while Gordo was doing his jokes, and Gordo saw them through the window, and he was gesturing really aggressively. Oh, okay. Like, don't come in that way. <laughs> you got to creep in through the window. I completely missed that because I was like, wait a second. Yeah. No, it was Gordo. It was all Gordo. Okay. So you know what? Who saved the day really? Was it Gordo? You know, you were quick to dismiss him, but he was trying to gain some points with you back towards the end. That's true. Okay. A bit of redemption. (laughs) I was almost going to make you play the plot hole noise. No, it wasn't a plot hole. It wasn't a plot hole. So, yes, they are coming in through the window. Lizzie is the last one up. Shades of uh, Sleepover, the movie that you made me watch (laughs) a few weeks ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. What a crazy movie. Sarah Paxton, Brie Larson, Alexa Pena Vega in her Alexa Vega era. Jane Lynch. Dad from the Goldbergs, who I always forget his name. Jane Lynch at her Jane Lynchiest, can I just say. 
<laughs> like on the scale of one to Jane Lynch, she, she was peak Jane Lynch. <laughs> what a movie. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Sam come home as everyone sans Lizzie was running down the stairs. Everything is fine. Great. But they can't find Lizzie until she magically appears in her own room. And Gordo is hacky sacking it up in the background. Yeah. And Lanny, basically they do this basically as a big distraction so that Lanny can be the one to put the football, the Dick Butkus football back on the mantle. And he's got moves. I mean, we saw the moves a little bit in the backyard. This was the whole reason that the football got lost in the first place. He was doing all these moves and then Matt just kind of threw the football up into a tree (laughs) because Lanny was covered, quote unquote. And so Lanny's like, you know what? Say I have no moves. Say I'm still covered. Watch me do this. Puts the football back on the mantle. You're wrong. You're wrong. And then finally, we are back in the kitchen. Everyone is together. Sam is recounting his experience at the expo. The best part of his day was getting his photo taken with the Super Bowl mascot. Is that a thing that exists? The Super Bowl mascot would just be the mascot from the team playing in the Super Bowl. So (laughs) there is no no. mascot for the Super Bowl as a concept, no. That's like how in Midnight at the Magnolia, a new Netflix Christmas movie that you can honestly pass on, they work in radio and they get a phone call from a person who works at Satellite Radio. (laughs) Who works at the concept of satellite radio. (laughs) Yeah. That's what this felt like. Yeah. Yeah. I I see the parallel you're making there. Joe asks if the kids had a fun day. And, you know, as all of the stories are, or as all the cover stories are being told, Sam marches into the kitchen with the Dick Butkus football. Yeah. The jig is up real quick. Real quick, which I feel like they should have thought about that. I mean- Sam literally talks to this football like it's a child. Yeah. So you think he wouldn't recognize <laughs> a different signature? He would immediately notice something was askew. Like when I switched two of your books on your bookcase. Correct. He would be like, the feng shui in this room is off. It's the worst thing you can do to me. <laughs> you don't know what it is, but you'll go crazy looking for it until you find it. I find it pretty quickly. But yeah, so then comes the big reveal at the end of the episode that makes it all worth it so joe learns that this is in fact not the walter payton football that had previously been on the mantle and she begins to laugh and everybody's like joe mcguire why are you laughing and she says because what you did was ingenious if this had been me i would have just bought another football and signed it because that's what i did yeah this is incredible so in the end the kids traded a fraudulent Walter Payton football for a real Dick Buckus football. The real Walter Payton football fell into the fireplace a few months ago. While the fireplace was on? <laughs> Presumably. Like, that... did she just burn this football? <laughs> <laughs> that would smell really bad. It would. That would be a whole thing. How would Sam McGuire not notice this? I know. I mean, he doesn't go to work. He's always home. I know. And you would think someone would need to be in the room with the fire. Presumably Sam McGuire, because gender roles, would be taking care of the fire. I'm very confused. 
But yeah, it turns out that Joe McGuire is the true scammer. Except they're still grounded. Yeah. Unnecessary grounding. And then the episode ends on a nice note where Matt and Lizzie apologize to each other. And Lizzie says that she's there for him if he needs anything. Yep. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Episode 207, The Longest Yard. A fun episode, I would say. Yeah, I like this episode more than the last episode. Well, all the stories worked together really nicely in this episode, I think. Everything had its purpose. Nothing felt extraneous, except maybe the two big guys. And I liked that it was, you know, I've seen people, I feel like I've seen this concept try to be played out in an entire 90-minute movie. That's way too long for a story like this. This is the perfect amount of time. Yeah, it kept, the pacing was great. It kept moving along. It was a, a tight 20. Tight, yeah, tight 20. Awesome. So I think it's time to talk about some outfits. Sure, let's talk some outfits. So I think if we're going to talk outfits, we obviously have to start with Sam uh, Sam McGuire going to the Super Sports Expo. What? Just why? There's so much happening. There's way too much happening. It looks like he's wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey, but maybe because you can't have the words Dallas Cowboys on it, he had to put on an orange vest like he's a traffic police person. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Do you think it's really meant to disguise the fact that this isn't a real team? So they just kind of go super busy? Because when you look at it a little bit closer. It's clearly a Dallas Cowboys jersey. Yes. That's There's what a I was star just going on the to say. Yeah. And I knew that. Aren't you impressed that I know the Dallas Cowboys logo? Yeah, if you had said it before I said it, I would have been more impressed. You jumped the gun. You didn't <laughs> let me have a moment. You cut yeah, me off. Yeah, you know. So that's sort of my theory. Everyone else is looking mundane in comparison. Looking mundane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to Sam McGuire pumped for the Super Sports Expo, yeah, he's ready to go. And looking at like the very, very minute details, it looks like they have actually taken the Cowboys jersey and stitched on sunbelts onto the front of it. It's really rough looking, actually. That zoom in. Now there is there's a logo on the hat and there's also a logo on the vest. And they're different logos. But they look like two completely <laughs> different logos. Sam McGuire, what are you doing here? This is just a mess. This is a straight up mess. It's honestly a disaster. Yeah. Can we talk about Lizzie's shirt for a second? Who is on it? It looks like just a tiny sailor boy. I don't un- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is supposed to be. I feel like I had jeans that looked like her jeans. It's so weird to think about an era of just sort of like baggier jeans as something that we wore. Yeah. It looks like she's got some Puma sneakers too, which I respect. Love the Puma sneakers. I like her look here overall. I like the bracelets. Moving on, we have, I mean, they're in the same outfit. It's all, this whole episode takes place in one day. Correct. So they are, hold on, we get a closer look at this shirt. Is it the queen? It might be. It's a young queen. Young queen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's not a sailor boy. Yeah, it looks like that from far away, but it was hard to tell. Okay, so now Gordo and Miranda come in, and Miranda's had a lot of camo happening this season. She's back at it. Very true, very true. Uh, I would like to note that Gordo is wearing a California shirt. California! Shout out to the OC. 
Here's a real close look at Lizzie's shirt. And now I'm noticing not only is it a baby queen, it's a baby queen who looks like she's doing an operation on a baby. I still can't really decipher <laughs> what's going on. Um, it's very strange. It's not something that I would want on my t-shirt. No. Let's talk about two big dudes, right? Because they come in and it's like they just came from a softball game. So That's this what is... Sam said. Sam said that they could stop by after practice. This is quite a, a conundrum for me to understand conceptually because would Sam skip his softball practice to go to the Super Sports Expo? Would the two big dudes rather go to softball practice than go to Super Sports Expo? Why would they not all be in the same place? I don't know. These are the questions that haunt me. But yeah, they come in, they're wearing just, you know, some baseball tees, white with the green sleeves, green hats. The softball team theme is green. Let's talk about this guy, the guy who runs the collector's corner. When I saw him, this is going to be a real deep cut. I don't know if you remember Danny Goki from American Idol. Came in third place, uh, I want to say the year that Chris Daughtry was on American Idol. Can you Google him? <laughs> Can we pull him up? Why does he look like Would you him? like to? I'm going to pull up Danny Goki right now. American singer, Danny Goki. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is what I this is what I thought of when I saw um when I saw the the guy who runs Collector's Corner. Looks like he's doing some Christian music these days. I mean, he was Danny Goki. I was a I was into Danny Goki back when he was on Idol. I don't know what he's done since then because he didn't win. But uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Let's see. He was on the eighth season of American Idol. So I guess this might this might have been a a little bit later than Chris Daughtry. I I misspoke. American Idol who. Was All that, the American Idol seasons blend together in my head. Was that the and Adam this was also Lambert so long season? Ago. Uh, American Idol season eight? No, it was the Chris Allen season. Oh, wait. No, it was yeah. the Adam Lambert. Wow, you really know your American Idol. Look at that. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Wow, I'm kind of do impressed we, with myself Do right we have now. a sound effect for that? Applause. <laughs> you know, my mom is really, really, really good at random pop culture trivia, and some of that has rubbed off on me. Huzzah! Huzzah, indeed. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, so he was American Idol season eight. He came in third place, I think. Um, that's what I thought of. That's the end of my story. I think that fits. You Would you agree? I would agree. I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it takes place over one day, so no outfit changes. We got referee Lizzie. And that's why, that's why this episode is better, because it takes place over one day. All of the timing makes sense. Yeah, we didn't have to There's grapple no with that. There's continuity issues. That's so true. Okay, Sam. Yes. Who is your MVP for this episode? My MVP for this episode has got to be Lizzie McGuire. You know, I think that she really earned an MVP this episode. She obviously uh, had to sacrifice her plans with her friends to take care of Matt while Sam had to go to Super Sports Expo. But I think that Lizzie really showed her abilities as a problem solver today, even though initially she came off as a little bit narcissistic. She, at the end, really showed off her uh, her better side where she's, like, compassionate and she cares about Matt and she's trying to be a good sister. She's over here hustling, trying to, you know, make deals left and right. She's able to trade a flat Walter Payton football for a inflated Dick Butkus football, which was a bad trade even before you learn that the Walter Payton football was a forgery. Yeah. So, 
Um, I just think that Lizzie really did a lot of good things in this episode. She's out here climbing through the window like a ninja. It was just a really good, really good episode for Lizzie. For that reason, she is my MVP this episode. Uh, Marissa, who is your MVP this episode? I agree with you entirely, and I just wanted you to say it first. Oh, really? Did you think? Did you think that I was going to say Lizzie? I was going to drag you if you didn't say Lizzie. <laughs> I just think there's there's no other options here. You know, like Matt and Lanny don't really do much. Matt does more harm than good in this episode. And I gave Matt an MVP last episode. So you know what? He can't complain. Yeah. It's still a tight race between Lizzie and Matt. Definitely a tight race. So they were tied. But now because we both have given our MVPs to Lizzie McGuire, I think she's now two ahead of Matt. And and again, everybody else is too far behind, I believe. I don't think there's any way for anybody else to catch them. Yeah, everyone else is in a competition for third so place. So it's, it's really going to be one of those two. But Marissa, did you have any other additional reasons why Lizzie McGuire is your MVP this episode? Not especially. I think that you summed it up nicely and concisely. Her big sister energy came through. Yeah. Now, if only she could like remember that we like these traits from her in the future <laughs> How much and not do you regress bet? to an earlier state of being. She's gonna do be some- great. She's going to do something in the next episode that diametrically opposes. Are you serious? It's oh, like, no, I'm just predicting. Oh, I thought you were saying this for a, like you knew this no, for a fact. I'm just saying like probably because it's Lizzie McGuire. Literally, it's like every time we take a step forward with her, it's like, Another step back. And as we've already discussed, these episodes are all airing wildly out of order. (laughs) Do we know when this episode was supposed to be in the canon? Because that might help if there was a lot of separation between this episode and the monkey episode. It would help me to really reconcile the fact that Sam and the two big dudes are friends. Look it up. It's easy enough. It's a Wikipedia page. Um, Just Google Lizzie McGuire production order. So this episode was called... The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard. So this was production number 213. What was the monkey episode? I think it was season two. Mom's oh, he Best was in, Friend. He was in the Mom's Best Friend episode. And Mom's Best Friend was 205. So I guess there were technically eight episodes between Mom's Best Friend and The Longest Yard. And they presumably are going to show back up somewhere in between. Yes, we will put together the arc for the two big guys. <laughs> this is the last thing we do. It might be the last thing we do. Like the very last episode <laughs> of this podcast will just be really unwinding, untangling all these various timelines that we've been given. Yeah. I can't believe that the first episode of season two isn't coming until episode 14. Mm-hmm. And it'll make a lot of sense when we watch it. You'll be like, yeah, this was supposed to be a season premiere. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. Cool. So that's a wrap on episode 207, The Longest Yard. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter or email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. As always, uh, this episode will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash OutfitRepeaters. That is where all of our episodes live. They also live uh, on any podcast platform where you can find a podcast. Also, I realized that I did not mention this earlier in the podcast, but if you are interested in the latest news on when the younger podcast is coming, we have social set up for that. So you can follow us at OlderWiserCast on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. 
plug. And be sure to tune in next week when we talk about episode 208, Just Friends. Oh my goodness, with your new friend, Clayton Snyder. Yes, big Ethan Craft episode coming your way next week. (laughs) Should we we slide into the DMs? Should we slide in, try to get him on next week's podcast? See if he'll cover it with us. Oh man, that would be quite an ask. I don't know. We'll think about it, I guess. You'll have to tune in and see. Yes. Stay (laughs) tuned. Yes.